Mountain biking isn't just about riding your bike. It's so much more than that. It becomes part of your identity, creates a sense of belonging and gives you access to a ready-made community no matter where you are. This is what I chat to Mishi about in today's episode. She shares how bikes give her instant access to the great outdoors, to a ready-made group of like-minded people and most importantly, a place where she feels like she belongs. But just before we do that, don't forget to head on over to the Girls on Wheels website and subscribe to the newsletter, where you can keep in the loop about upcoming guests and episodes and be in with a chance to get involved. And please give the pod a follow on Instagram and Facebook at Girls on Wheels Podcast and check out the pod's number one supporter, Shawnee at Shred Lucky Girl. Now, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, Mishy. Hi. So to kick us off then, um, I'd like to ask all my guests um, the background of how they got into mountain biking and how it became a big part of their world. So I think it's always really interesting. So over to you, like show us the love. How did you get into this wonderful sport? Uh, I've always been um, into sports. I kind of never stuck at anything. I, you know, I was one of those kids just doing everything and anything. And my parents were having a bit of a nightmare. Uh, with me and then eventually I got into snowboarding that introduced me to like a certain type of people. Uh, I moved to the UK when I was 19 years old and uh, no snow in this country Uh, and my my then ex-husband was into biking so that's kind of how I got into it. Um, I got a bike, we went out together and I kind of was quite lucky because I lived uh, in Derbyshire on the edge of the Peak District. So that was always quite nice places to go to. And yeah, that's how I got into it, really, through through my ex-husband. Um, <laughs> oh, OK. Um, so you said you were 19 when you came over. Yeah. OK, how long ago was yeah. that? Not that I'm trying to like slowly find out your age, but... I'm really rubbish at uh, mental arithmetic. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to say I'm 44 now. So whatever the difference is, that's what it was. (laughs) Uh, 44 minus 19, 25, 25 years ago. (laughs) There you go. Amazing. Um, Before we go into that more, I just suddenly thought that I haven't even really said who you are. Uh, So... We met, didn't we, at Nottingham, at Northampton Bike Park Ladies Day. Um, we did I saw indeed. That you were you'd ridden in a bit late, hadn't you? And you're on your own. And I was like, yeah, for the Ladies Day, like some sort of maniac. <laughs> and you were like, yeah. So we met that day, which was really cool. Um, and yeah, that that's what's so great, isn't it, about these yeah, group rides and stuff. You just you've got a whole yeah. pile of potential friends there, haven't you? So. Um, yeah, we connected there, didn't we? And then we've connected since and having some exciting conversations about stuff that I'm sure will be revealed at some point. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so that's that's how we met. And yeah, you were on your bike, you were dressed. Did you have like loads of orange clothes on? A little you're, bit. You're very colourful. I remember <laughs> you being really, really colourful. And yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I love it. Like all, all the clashing colours, like that's that's my... <laughs> That's my thing. Um, but yeah, cool. There's always there's always some orange uh, when you see me. <laughs> yeah. It's, is it your favourite colour? Uh, yes. Yes, it has been since. I recall maybe when I was about 12, 
Yeah, I'm a twin and uh, our parents used to dress us the same way, apart from in a different color, but same outfits. Um, and I used to always be the red one. I don't know. I don't yeah. know why. My, my twin was blue. And now she's red. She's really into her red and I'm into an orange. Uh, and yeah, I think I was about 12 and I said to my parents, I no longer want to be red. I want to be orange. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it just... <laughs> I don't know. And it just got worse since I've kind of become earning my own money and, you know, become a bit of an adult. Um, everything is orange. Like, yeah, it's a bit of an obsession. <laughs> I don't, no one's going to be able to see you, but you've got an orange hat on, haven't you? You've got an orange hoodie and you were drinking from an orange can. Yes. And you were pretending <laughs> yes. that that wasn't on purpose. But... I've got orange. Oh, my God, you've got orange slipper things on as well. <laughs> That's hilarious. One of the Teletubbies orange. Um, no red. Oh. I won't call you a telly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, it would be cool if it was. I wouldn't object to being called a telly to be. <laughs> I'll find some other offensive thing to say. I think it's usually, is it not Oompa Loompas or something from some of the oh, stories that are orange? Lumpers. I get that a lot. <laughs> is that Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? I think it is. I think Oompa, so. Oompa, Oompa, <laughs> yeah. Whatever the bloody words are. Oh, I'll have to call you an umplumper then. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so you live, do you still live in Derbyshire now? No, I live in Oxfordshire yeah, now, that, that's which fine. is a lot more flat. Um, the soil is horrendous around here. So when it's wet, it's just not very pleasant to ride a bike. But yeah. It's where I'm right now, so that's what I, I have to make the best out of it. Yeah, so Nottingham wasn't too f- I'll keep calling it Nottingham. Northampton no, wasn't too far. Northampton. No, I would say that's kind of like, in terms of man-made track, it's probably the closest for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's good, it's good that park, isn't it? Good for like a... Yeah, it's good. I, I think it's only small, yeah. but yeah, it's good like for your skills practice yeah. and stuff like that. The, yeah, I think. push up. Pedal up isn't too horrific, is it? So. <laughs> Um, yeah exactly it's not too long okay cool yeah so that makes sense. so you came over to the UK with your ex-husband when you were 19 and he rode no I came on my own and then I met him oh, sorry. and then yeah 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 he was English oh yeah. okay so uh that that's I came to England just on like a gap year sort of a thing and I just kind of never went back oh, wow. to uni you never went back to uni <laughs> yeah well to that particular uni I didn't went to uni in, in UK but yeah uh, okay <laughs> sorry so you came over here and then you met him and he was in the sport yeah um, yeah how when you not that I'm trying to get you to go into why you split up or anything, but was there anything around? Oh, oh my God, it's best. It's best. You know, um, we split up. I mean, it wasn't great at the time, but um, in UK, when you get divorced, now there is a no-fault divorce, but when I was getting divorced, there wasn't such a thing. So you have to have a reason. And uh, not going into the details of no. what actually happened, but um, he used uh, unreasonable behaviour of me. And... Um, yeah, one of the reasons, he had to put five reasons down and one of the reasons was that I love snowboarding and my sports more than I love him. <laughs> I want to give you a virtual high five there. <laughs> I think, you know what, I have achieved something in life. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, snowboarding's your thing then, isn't it? 
snowboarding is my ultimate all-time passion and why I like biking is obviously coming into UK um, yeah there are the indoor places for snowboarding and skiing which you know obviously I do utilize um, but I find that biking just gives me the fitness I need to then just jump straight into the winter season I don't really find that I'm lacking in, in the strength I need and it doesn't take me a couple of days to adjust. So I, I just really enjoy biking for that. It's it's just a great way to kind of do something. I, I would say out of all the hobbies I do, biking scares me definitely the most. <laughs> Does it? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come on to a bit of that in a bit. Um, but yeah, I agree. It's It can be quite terrifying, especially as an adult. You're like, oh my God, I'm not going to bounce like a child would. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What I was going to ask you about the sort of breakup was um, because you were into biking and you'd got into it through him, was there anything around you splitting up that made you think, oh, no, I'm not going to be able to go on my bike again or like it was going to... No, I think think because sports is just so important to me like doing it because I would just go mad like my current partner he he knows if I've not done something for like a couple of days he's like just get out somewhere go and do something because you're just unbearable (laughs) so for me it just become maybe even more of an obsession after that whereas before I mean I would always do stuff on my own as well as with him uh because he worked a lot of hours I have always had a really good work-life balance so so I always had more spare time than him so I was quite happy to go and do things on my own um but when we split up it almost became my escape like total form of escapism just jumping on that bike I've moved down to the south coast I've never lived down there didn't know anywhere where to go and I would just like jump on my bike and off I go exploring uh, places yeah. so yeah I mean it just is something that just drives me and keeps me away from reality I guess and I don't know whether that's a good thing but no I think it's a good thing so yeah we we sort of mentioned before didn't we that we were going to talk about how biking has played a big part in your life um in terms of when you've moved around and you've wanted to then sort of integrate and like settle I guess um so can you tell us a little bit more about that like how life has been in the UK and how yeah biking is has played a part in you yeah creating an identity and stuff yeah definitely I mean I I feel like I don't feel fit into this world I just feel like I'm 44 years old and when I was a kid I thought that these people were old you know I mean like proper aunties and uncles or whoever and I just feel like god is this it is this what adulting is like and for me it's um being in the community uh, around sports you know biking you turn up at the bike park and everybody's like dressed the same which is weird to say because everybody's got their own individual style but it's like that sort of a style um so maybe saying the same is not the correct word but you know I mean like within a certain sort of a style and I just feel like at home instantaneously, it's it's just gives me a platform and a place where I can just be me without having to like try and fit in. Yeah. Um, you know, because society, I'm, I'm a person, you know, like I say, I'm the age I am. I've got loads of tattoos. I'm foreign. 
I've got loads of like people look at me and they've got all these preconceived ideas about Eastern European people. And sometimes just going like on the bike, turning up somewhere and nobody cares. Nobody cares who you are, where you are from, how good or bad you are, because I'm not particularly great on my bike. But, you know, it's about having a go. And I absolutely love that. Seeing people smile, just everybody's just got such a happy vibe. It's just, you know what I mean? I just love that. For me, that is the best environment. And you can have totally horrendous stuff going on in your life in the background. When you get on that bike, some days it's super hard, as we all know. But once you get going and get past that barrier that's, you know, causing you whatever issues you may be trying to overcome, it just becomes this form to you know just to express yourself and escape the reality yeah yeah I don't know that so yeah for me definitely it is something that allows me to kind of feel like I fit somewhere for a period of time yeah that's really powerful that is isn't it um it I think there'll be a lot of people that are listening to this that probably can't relate to that problem or understand it because you know, if we've lived in the UK for all our lives and we haven't done what you've done, um, then we're not going to get it, are we? We're You can't pretend. So I don't know if you want to share any of this, but would you mind sharing, like you sort of said, people have got these preconceived ideas about you and has there been any experiences oh. like that you've had that haven't been great? <laughs> It's uh, I'm quite fortunate with the people and the friends I have and I have made um, throughout my life. So I can't really say it's as bad. I know there are people out there who would have a much much of a harder time. But like, for example, when I first came to the UK, I think 1997, I was this 19 year old kid. I didn't speak the language. I was fluent in German. Not much use in rural Derbyshire, <laughs> let me tell you. But yeah. <laughs> That was that was my situation. So I used to walk everywhere with this giant English Slovak Slovak English dictionary and like trying to find out the words and try and express myself. And people, the first thing people would ask my partner was, "How much did you pay for oh. it?" It's like what? It's not some kind of a you know whatever bride you buy on. You know, whatever you would in those days. Hello, all uh, people would like take me to their home and be like, "Oh, this is a TV," and and I'd be like, "Oh my god, what do people think? Where did I come from?" Oh. So yeah, that was quite hard. Nowadays, it's not so bad because obviously times have moved on, times have changed. But now you kind of, I still get a lot of that. You are still in our jobs. You are doing X, Y, and Z. And yeah, sometimes that's a bit unfair because I always ask people now I've learned I'm like well did you apply for that job I've I've applied for and I got because you know if you haven't then I haven't stolen a job from you (laughs) but yeah it's yeah sometimes it is a bit like people can be a little bit harsh and cruel but I would say majority of the time I have had very positive experience with people I meet and yeah I have a great, great bunch of friends. That's good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that the majority of people aren't ignorant <laughs> fucking tossers. Sorry. Sorry for swearing. But, oh, that, was, that was a tame version of what I wanted to say then. Oh, this yeah. is, oh. But I suppose that there is a balance because I choose to live in a country that's not my kind of birthplace so I have to accept that there are going to be people with different views we get it in between counties you get it whether you're northern southern in England well you know Scottish same in Slovakia I don't I don't really 
where I live in Slovakia, when I'm over in, uh, over in Slovakia, it's not where I was born. I no longer fit where I was born because I've not lived there at all as an adult. Where I live um, in the mountains, I fit in the lifestyle, but the local people, sometimes they're like, oh, the city girl coming over here. And I'm not because... I was born in a city, but all of my adult life, I've never lived in a city. So people will always have some sort of, you know, preconceived ideas. Yeah, the tattoos, that's a big one. People kind of do juju for it. Uh, Again, it's slightly less stigmatized nowadays. But again, I've chosen to have them. So who am I to say that some people have a problem with it? It's just, you know, sometimes we make choices. And as long as I don't regret them, I think that's what's important. Yeah. Yeah, um, I guess everyone has like opinions about certain things, don't they? It's just when you hear that they they vocalise them to you, it, to the person, it, you're a bit like, what? And I think I'm good. I've got broad shoulders. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> but telling you that, like, what a TV was. Um, <laughs> Yeah, God knows what must have been going through that person's mind. Perhaps they thought that you just lived in like a little hut or something with... Maybe. I guess, yeah, people can be quite ignorant, can't they? And I think sometimes it's not their fault because if they've only ever lived in a little village in Derbyshire, for example, their whole life and so is their family and they haven't seen the world, then they might, you know, they haven't got that worldly view. But still, you just sort of think, God, put a bit of a filter on your mouth. Jeez, jeez. So Slovakia is your um, homeland and you said you Mm -hmm. did grow up in a city but you now live in the mountains. Oh, wow, whereabouts? So the mountain range is called Low Tatras and uh, it's in a region that's called Liptov, which is, in my opinion, the most beautiful part of Slovakia because it's just surrounded by mountains and big lakes and stuff like that, yeah. So it's amazing for mountain biking. It's just a little hidden paradise yeah. on earth. <laughs> it sounds, um, I mean, I can't pretend that I've got any clue about where that is. And my mom, if she's listening to this, will go, Dan hasn't got a frigging clue. Uh, I, <laughs> I do, I think I know that Slovakia is bordered, bordered by, you. You're landlocked, aren't you? So there's Ukraine. Yes, yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. Ukraine, Poland. Yeah. Croatia, maybe? No, 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 no. That would be Slovenia. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now I'm being an ignorant twat. Uh, right, so we, I think we are the only country that borders quite so many other countries. So, you know, normally you wouldn't have this many to kind of pick out. So it's Ukraine, Poland, Czech Republic, Austria, and Hungary. So five. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we are tiny, tiny, tiny country. Uh, like population of Slovakia is less than population of London. Really? In the whole country? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So you snowboard there. So do you want to tell us a little bit about, like, because you've got a adventure company, haven't you? Yeah, I have a holiday business. Uh, well, kind of. COVID slightly destroyed that, but we'll get there. We'll get there again. Um, Yeah, so I'm absolutely, absolutely passionate about snowboarding. When I said earlier, as a kid, I've tried all sorts of sports. Uh, Once I stood on a snowboard, it was just something clicked in me and it's just been like, I don't know, my life passion. 
Um, yeah, so I kind of do holidays for people who want to come ski and snowboard in Slovakia. I have my own accommodation and then I do the guiding and I do lessons for people who want to learn to snowboard. Uh, one of the things I love the best is um, when people come and often they have their kids and their skin. Not many leave as skiers. They all leave oh, as you <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I'm I, I kind of the other thing I do that not many other people do I teach very young children to snowboard uh, so that's kind of 18 months onwards um, oh. and yeah and it's not kind of like the parents are gonna get the kids linking turns and be pros it's about the children having a positive experience on the mountains and just sliding sliding sideways as I call it oh yeah. that sounds amazing so um yeah god jealous jealous that you're out there not that I can snowboard or ski I try to learn to ski in a week and I wasn't too bad but like mountain biking I was a little bit scared and I didn't want to put my weight on my outside ski that was facing down the slope so I was yeah I had a good time on the easy green or blue whatever it was where I was mooching through the trees that was like nice but when it got a bit steep I was a little bit like well, yeah, I, I was scared of it, but it was so beautiful to be out there, isn't it? In the, the snowy, mm, yeah, mountains. totally. Like snowy mountains, when the landscape is covered oh. in snow, it's just so beautiful. It hides all the ugliness and nastiness yeah. uh, that you know people, as human beings, we create, I suppose. Uh, yes, yeah, so I just love that—the sound of it, the quietness of it. Really, I, I just, yeah, it's it's the best. And. Um, do you feel that like being really good at snowboarding has translated really well to the bike? <laughs> no. <laughs> so that's a myth then. All those people that say, oh, they must be good if they can snowboard. Maybe not. <laughs> no, um, maybe they are, just not my case. Um, <laughs> I think the, the one thing it, it gives me is... I don't know. I suppose it, it gives me that level of joy. It, it gives me that sense of community. And that's what I, I look for. I'm, I'm one of these people. I'm not particularly competitive. So when, and I don't really succumb to peer pressure where people are like, oh, we've got to do this. We've got to hit this kick. And I'm like, well, you go and I'll just go around it. Or, you yeah. know what I mean? I don't really allow that pressure to kind of, um, make me do something that I would regret. Um, I'm competitive with myself. Like if I know I should be able to do something and I can't, that frustrates me, but other people, no, it doesn't bother me. Um, but yeah, I think it's really funny because I recently did a training, um, around drops and jumps on mountain bike and uh, the guy who was doing the training literally we've not even like spoke about anything and he looked at me and he just said you snowboard don't you and I was like yeah and uh, it just says I can just see the way you stand the way you try and ride your bike it's everything screams at me a snowboarder and and a couple of things he told me it was like yeah you, you must not do that because bike isn't a snowboard <laughs> <laughs> so maybe <laughs> yeah it, it, it's interesting I just think it does help in some respects, but it doesn't make me a better rider, no. <laughs> no, not even like the, you know, if you've got the the skills and the bravery on your board, which it sounds like you do, um, do you think it's made you brave on your bike? I think what it is, I'm not brave, um, 
I think on, on snowboard, I just feel at home. So I don't overthink stuff as much. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have got stuck in places before and had a total meltdown. Uh, but I don't tend to overthink stuff. Whereas on a bike, I still do. I still think about, oh, what if this happens? What if I get that wrong? Whereas on a snowboard, I just go for it. And if it goes wrong, well, it goes wrong. And I always say on a bike, when you fall and the bike prods you in places <laughs> that nothing should ever prod you in, then that's not <laughs> nice, is it? <laughs> Yeah, we'll have the handlebar somewhere, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, snowboards don't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, they just dislocate your knees and hips and God knows what. Nah. I tried to end. Um, nah. I learned to ski on an indoor thing and then someone was like, I stand, have a go on one of the boards. And I remember getting my feet locked in and trying to stand up and the pain in my knees. And I was only in the position for literally five minutes. And I was like, get I was like ow get me out like I I don't know how like people do it but I guess it was probably set up wrong there is a lot about making sure it's set up for you rather than like the standard perceived there's like in biking there are so many myths about what board you should ride how you should stand on it yeah I always say to people just tell me what feels comfy and will make yeah. it work and when I teach I don't teach the typical way because I just think yeah, it just takes a little bit longer. And is it a, 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 about making a bit of money out of your teaching and having very structured lessons rather than looking at what your sort of person learning is naturally doing and utilizing that to help them progress? Yeah, so I, I just think it's same on a bike. It just People will tell you, go and ask about what bike should I get? And everyone has an opinion. Yeah. Everyone is the expert all of a sudden. But actually, you know what? Look what your budget is, do a bit of research. And if you get an opportunity to try and write something, yeah, by all means do that um, and go from there rather than just listening to somebody else's telling you this is the best bike because they ride it. Or I don't Yeah, know. I think um, when people start out in the sport, depending on who they're getting their advice from, they can. It's very easy to just fall into the trap of someone saying, oh, this is a good bike because... It will be because if it's their bike, they'll obviously like it and, you know, just get it. And then you sort of, because you don't know any different and you feel like a bit of an imposter and you're not totally in the mm. world yet, you'll just be like, oh, sod it, I want to go and buy a stump jumper or, you know, a transition or or whatever without really trying any of the bikes out. And then, yeah, and I think it also comes down knowing what you've got available locally around your spares. Uh, I mean, for me, when I ride in Slovakia, I know th the range of bikes isn't as wide because, I mean, not the riders, but as in uh, spare parts. So if something breaks and you are in a uh, resort and you need to nip into the local service shop, there is certain brands they will stock and certain brands they won't. So for me, it's doing that research as well. Like what is available? The reason I ride a specialized is because the access to spares where I am based when I'm in Slovakia is the best. That's why, that's why I went with that. It wasn't that I particularly like specialized over something else. And yeah, so I just think it's do your research, see, see what uh, works. And yeah, if you get an opportunity to try bikes and I think that's, that can be intimidating, isn't it? You go to a meet or a place um, bike park and they are doing a test today or something, walking up to those people and saying, well, actually I haven't got a clue, but I want to try a bike. Uh, again, they might try and sway you into this brand because that's what they are promoting. But yeah, trying to detach um, 
your mind a little bit and just have a go try your friend's bike see what you like and and go from there yeah I think that's really good advice because when you do start out and you do like get your first full sus um full suspension then you you end up you you can have it for like well over a year or two depending on depending on what your budget is you might be thinking I'm not going to be swapping this every year like this is my bike now and you want it to be right and when you think about it you you can end up making quite a quick decision without really like exploring the other options but I think that's great advice like I remember I did it I would go to group rides and I would literally use it as like a testing day or whatever you call them Mm. I'd be like can I sit on your bike and then I'd like just have a little pedal around on it and even though I should have really ridden a trail on it not just pedaled around a car park but just getting a feel for different sort of setups and whatnot can really really help but I think when you don't really know about it like I didn't have a bloody clue about bikes when I started even if I did sit on other people's I'd just be like "Ooh, like this feels bouncy or you know some bollocks I wouldn't know what I was doing and you know you get some people that go on and they're you know pushing the forks down and they're doing this and that and you're like my equivalent is basically just kicking the tire I'm like oh yeah that that feels like a and also i'm not being funny we all ride forces bags but how many of us regularly check whether it's still set for our weight is it still set for you know has anything moved with the use yeah i'm totally guilty of that now i just hop on my bike check the tire pressure off i go uh if something starts wobbling screaming at me making a weird sound that's when i'll be like oh my god you know i haven't checked my equipment so totally guilty of that but yeah i agree it's it's you can try you can do all sorts it does come down to budget there is that whole discussion around hardtail full source everybody at the moment wants a hardtail then you um, sorry it's full source then you've got the whole e-bike element and to me it's like think you've got a certain amount of money to spend whether that's like 12 grand or it's a grand um think what you can afford and what's the best bike you can get so if a full suspension at like 1300 is not gonna be that great but you can get an amazing hardtail that will still take you places i mean i remember riding my hardtail in downhill parks on downhill trails okay i could never go and do a black which i still can't even with a full suspension because just scares the crap out of me (laughs) but i still managed to get down i mean it was much more bumpier but i do think it made me a better rider because even though i'm not fast i quite enjoy quite techy elements and i think that is thanks to riding hardtail so yeah, don't get obsessed about having to have a full suspension bag if you can't afford something decent because it will only hold you back. So, you know, look at decent decent hardtails. What is it you really ride? Do you go to bike parks and use an uplift? Well, yeah, then full suspension is probably going to be slightly better for you long term. But if you spend a lot of your time in the countryside, you know, hitting just small jumps, doing, you know, local natural free ride courses or trails – Hardtail is absolutely so much fun that, you know, you don't necessarily need to, you know, spend thousands and thousands and thousands on your on your full suspension. So think about that. Don't be pressurized. That's what I'm saying about the peer pressure. My bike is now a couple of years old, I think. I've got no intention of swapping it at the moment. It works. Yeah. You know, my, my, my last hardtail, I had eight years and I loved it. And now my best friend is having it. Just, I mean, she's not massively into biking, but, you know, as her little nipping around the village kind of a bike. So I just think as long as you ride, just ride. Don't get so obsessed about having, 
you know, the latest kid and certainly do not get in debt over it because, you know, if you can't afford it and, uh, you know, you, fair enough, you know, get it on a finance, but if you can't afford those payments, just, just stay clear, just go for what you can afford because the pressure then you're putting yourself yeah. under with the rest of your life, I just think it's just so, so difficult. Yeah. And it's- yeah. Hey, it's me. Just a cheeky little interruption here to remind you to go over to the website and sign up to the newsletter. Give me a follow on socials at Girls on Wheels podcast. And if you're enjoying this, head over to podchaser.com and leave me a raving review as it helps me so much. And I really appreciate it. Now back to the episode. It should be fun. It shouldn't be strange. Yeah. It should be fun. It's so easy to go into like a bike place for example and then suddenly you think you need all this stuff and you think I've said to myself probably 50 times over the last few years right that's it now I've got everything that I need for mountain biking I don't need to buy anything else and then two months later I'm having a little look at some more like mountain bike trousers or another jersey or oh I want that pretty colored bolt on my bike that makes no difference other than it looks like a unicorn like and I'm like shit like it's it's like never ending so you have to that you do really have to try and be disciplined or you can just literally become bankrupt can't you um I mean if you can afford it and that's your bag by all means do it you know what I mean because we can't take the money with us wherever we are going next but I would say never, ever feel pressurized into having the latest kid or having the best thing because you never will anyway. There always will be somebody who has something better or newer or nicer or more shiny or nicer unicorn. or yeah. You know what I mean? It's, so, so just be happy or try and find the level where you are happy with what you've got. Yeah. And yeah, if, if it means that, you know, I'm also guilty of it. Although I'm not looking for a new bike, yeah, for Christmas, I've asked for some new pedals and some new grips mm. and, you know, some little bits and bobs. Because there is always something you want to put on your yeah. bike, isn't it? Would I like a shiny, nice orange fox fork? Of course I would. But do I need it? No, no, I'm not good enough. <laughs> yeah, all the gear, no idea. I think that everyone will relate yeah, to that. At least I look good. At least I look yeah. good. Yeah, I think as well, this... I remember when I first started, I'd like go to group rides or, you know, different places like other than Canuck and I'd have a look at everyone around the like cafe and I'd be like, oh my God, they must be professional mountain bikers. Like, look at them. (laughs) They're all like kitted up in their bike. And then you'd like catch them up on the trails and you'd be like, they're just as wobbly as I am. (laughs) And you think, oh God, yeah, you can't judge like a rider by what it's wearing or what they are riding because some people yeah there's no judgment any at any point but yeah they they can definitely beat all the gear no idea and I always worry that I'm that especially when I wear those leopard print trousers because they're like no fast trousers you know all the cool kids wear them and then I rock up looking like some sort of pro not well you know in my head I'm like oh she's got if someone's got some loud like trousers on, I think, well, they must be good because look, they're wearing these. And then I'm there frigging with my brakes on, like squealing down a bloody red. Which is so <laughs> I love it. I love those trousers. Even if I think to myself, wear them, wear them, like, rock them. No, out you go ahead. You go. you go ahead. And they're like, no, 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 you'll be faster than me. And I'm like, don't judge me by these trousers. I am not fast honestly go ahead um yeah yeah I know this conversation that's so funny um 
Yeah, I mean, I always say that we see that a lot in snowboard and you get, I mean, obviously running holiday business, people come in week in, week out, you've got your changeover of people and some some do arrive with all the kid, all the amazing stuff and your little eyes just go like, oh, like, you know, like a flight to a light, like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And then they go and ride and it's like, oh, but at least they look good. <laughs> That's a bit of a disappointment. People must think that when they look at me. Christ. <laughs> at least I don't. Yeah, I still. it's still better to be out there with whatever yeah. kid you've got, whether it's the best you can have or the crappiest bloody things, but just be out there. That's what I say. Definitely. <laughs> How bad or good you are, just go out and have fun. Definitely. And do you know what I always find as well? It's always like, well, I think you can, when you've ridden a bit, you can tell, but it's the, the lads that are in like just a a bit of a dirty t-shirt and a pair of jeans and a pair of like torn trainers or vans on like the the ricketeers bike and they are the best and you're like oh my god but you know that like initially when you first see people like that you might be like oh no but then you know as you get into the sport that actually they are the ones that are frigging amazing and you usually also find that unless people are fortunate to get sponsors or make money through their hobby, you, you find that a lot of the people who live that life but have to keep a normal job or like or do a season at work, th- that element of having to have the best kit disappears because it does come down to how much longer can I afford to yeah. be doing some what I love as opposed to spending that money on goods. And we always laugh like a season as I have this onesie. I love wearing onesies. Uh, I have this orange onesie and literally the brand, yeah, surprise, surprise. um, The brand hasn't brought another one out since and I'm refusing to buy any other. There's a couple, you know, everybody's jumped onto the onesie scene uh, in winter sports. Um, Mine needs to have a shit zip, you know, so you don't have to undress it. Just open your bum zip and you can go to the toilet. Brilliant. Shit zip. (laughs) It goes around your waist, but it doesn't totally unfasten the whole outfit. So it just stick your bum out and can have a wee as well for girls. But I think for boys, it's for a poo. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but I literally have been wearing this thing now, must be three or four season. And I just refuse to wear anything else unless it's super hot and then I will wear trousers. Um, yeah, because... It's just my thing, my thing. And they haven't brought another one out in orange, so I'm stuck. I'm stuck. <laughs> You're stuck with it. It sounds like it's standing yes. the test of time, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's the scabby thing now, and everybody knows me, so that's quite good. Yeah, they'll be like, oh, there's me, Mishy again with the orange yeah. thing on. Never, ever heard yeah. anything referred to like that. That's hilarious. Um, oh, that's so funny. Uh, just going back then, you sort of said how biking feels like an escape to you and you just sort of get on your bike and no matter how hard that feels, eventually you sort of, the, the good stuff takes over. And um, what do you mean when, you know, when you say like, no matter how hard that, how hard that feels, can you give like any examples of when that's yes, that part? So, so for, for example, hopefully I won't get upset, but for example, last year my mum was really poorly and um, I was in Slovakia at the time and uh, I had to make the tough decisions. I couldn't look after her. We couldn't get carers in home. So I had to find, find a residential place for her uh, where she would get the care she needed. And 
I chose to, rather than drive to go and see her, I chose to cycle. It was probably about, I don't know, 60K round trip. So not like ridiculous, but all off-road. So it was nice. You know, I'm in the mountains, so the views are stunning. So mentally, I was it finding it really hard. And, you know, my mom's always been my biggest supporter and everything I've done, like however much of a disappointment I may be as a daughter. Oh. She's always been there in my corner, like, you know, picking me up and saying everything will be fine. And I just knew that if I drove every time to go and see her, because I went to see her every day, it would be, I wouldn't have an opportunity to switch off between, you know, the sadness of it all, the, the injustice I felt and all that thing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I would get on that bike, not always feel like doing it, because also living in the mountains is not a flat stretch. You have some horrible uphills, some lovely downhills. And yeah, and I just found these different routes and, and now I remember it and it's actually a fond memory rather than a sad memory because, yeah, it got me out. It allowed me to switch off. It allowed me to escape reality for that length of that journey. Yeah. And by the time I got to my mom's, I was in a better place to like, you know, cheer her up, chat to her about things rather than just going in, driving quickly, arriving, everything's still in your head. So, yeah, that's what I kind of mean, like. And even now, if I have a day when I feel like really annoyed about something or whatever is going on, yeah, getting on that bike and where I live, I don't, I don't know it very well around here. And I've got genuinely, I describe myself as a person that has sense of no direction because, you know, I just, honestly, I've got no direction (laughs) at all. So, (laughs) so I will set off somewhere and I'll just find myself in the middle of a field not even sure I'm meant to be there or anything. Yeah, and it's just, you know, the farmer must just see this orange blob <laughs> somewhere in the distance and wonder what the hell is this person doing in my field? And yeah, that would be me. But I just love that. I just love the fact that, you know, let's don't care about what the world wants you to do, whether you should or shouldn't be somewhere. Just go and do it. If that's what you need to do, just get out there and do it. And it is hard. It's some days you don't want to. And I, you know, I can come up with every reason not to go on a bike sometimes, not to get out of the bed, you know, just grab my iPad, switch Netflix on and just, or, you know, disappear in the rabbit hole of social media or whatever. But yeah, when you do push yourself and do it. I just think the rewards, even though you may not see it at that time, with hindsight, that's what you will remember. You won't remember so much all the negativity, all the crappy moments. You will, uh, at least my mind works like that. I will start remember the most positive things I did instead. Yeah. So, yeah. What, is there anything specific that you do that, um, takes you from that feeling of oh I just want to stay in bed I can't be asked with this to actually getting out there on the bike like any practical steps or things that people could actually go right I'm going to try that next time I think there. I mean, I don't always succeed. I'm not going to lie. Some days I will just not do yeah. it. And then, yeah, then I probably beat myself up about it a little bit. But what, what I find works for me, because locally I don't really have anybody to ride with, so I can't just call up on a friend and say, oh, come on, get me out, let's do it. So what I will do is maybe just post something on social media or just message a friend and just say, oh, I'm going for a bike ride thinking about it and and they usually just say just go out and do it because my friends know that that's what I need I I need to be doing stuff so we are sharing it with someone that I have this intention but maybe I'm struggling a little bit or just posting on social media for everybody to see not that that many people follow me or anything yeah just to say 
right, off on a bike ride today. And then people kind of who know me expect to see the pictures to follow on. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that kind of makes me go, even though I don't have somebody else necessarily to go with. Yeah, I guess like you're making like whoever's what looking at that, to, they're, they're going to hold you account and therefore yeah, like, yeah. right, I've said it now, I've put it out there in the universe, I've got to do this. That's a really good idea because then it's weird, isn't it, how we'll do things. We won't do things for ourselves, but if we put it out there, it's not that you're doing it for anybody else. <laughs> weird, isn't it? That, that no. idea of them not being able to say, oh, I had a good bike ride. You think, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I've said I'm going to do it now. Um, I think that's a really good tip because you sort of yeah. beat your brain, don't you? And Yeah, and I just think sometimes as well, just, you know, it's so easy to jump in a car, isn't it? And just go and grab a milk or whatever you may have run out of. And if I really can't be bothered or like around here, it's been very wet and I know going into the fields is just not worth it. Um, I will just go to the shops, just go to the shops on my bike and, you know, at least do do that kind of a thing just to get out there a little bit. Yeah, just yeah, I've got to get. I've got to actually go and get a car from the garage. Uh, so yeah, after this, I'm gonna be cycling to the garage. Yeah, <laughs> to get my car. I think that's really good though, because as we know, like the power of being on your bike is ridiculous, isn't it? It it just yeah. washes everything away almost immediately, or even after like ten or fifteen minutes, you kind of have that first bit where you're like, oh, I don't want to do this. Why am I doing this? I can't be bothered, and everything annoys you. But then there's this moment where you're just like, oh hello, I'm on my bike and that feeling of doing the exercise and getting the fresh air. And even, exactly. even if it's just like a ride around the streets and it's not necessarily mountain biking in like a forest or whatever, you still will get the benefit because you're out in the fresh air and you're exercising and you're moving your body. Um, but yeah, it's so, it's so powerful. And thank you for sharing that um, about, yeah, when it was difficult for you with your mom. Appreciate that. Uh, so in terms of like integrating them when you get to a new place, like what are your, what do you do? I don't know how many times you've moved, but is there like. Oh my God, forever. It's like you sound up with this stuff. She counted like 25 times of moving or something. And I swear to God, I've been involved in every single one of them. Michelle, you're listening. Fine. Um, but. Like when you get to a new place, is there something where you think, right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get on this group or whatnot. Like what do, what do you do? I think for me, it's really weird because I this I know I'm a shy person, but I don't portray that to others. So I will describe myself as like an extroverted introvert. Yeah, you. Um, and I kind of had to learn to put myself out there a little bit because of moving around because of living in different countries and doing different things and not necessarily having a network of friends physically close to me. Um, I don't really have anything that I kind of go on social media to connect, which it's something you, you opened my mind to more so recently. Um, I tend to just follow my hobby and just go and if nobody talks to me and I don't meet anyone to talk to that's fine I had a good time if I do and that that's what was really nice uh, at the Northampton thing because yeah it's not something I would normally do I have never ever gone along to like uh, 
social media, no, ever, in no sport, nothing, just never donate. Always would be either with friends or just go and just not take part. And I think the fact that you approached me and I had no way to kind of like go and say, oh, no, you know what I mean? Uh, it, it pushed me into it. And, and I, I really like that. And I thought, well, actually, this is a great way when you are somewhere new. Look, what is happening? What, you know, what are people doing locally? Um, so I definitely will use that in the future. But, yeah, I just go out. I, I just My hobbies allow me to exist in that environment that I really need and makes me happy. Um, and that's what I do. I just go out there. And like I said, if nobody talks to me, that's great because I'm still having a good time doing what I love to do. But if people do um, connect with me, some of my best friends I have met, met through my hobbies. Um, yeah, so definitely there is a link that for me, 100%, uh, you know, even if there isn't a social, go out there and you never know, somebody may just start talking yeah. to you because, you know, you sound different, you look a little bit different, you look a bit lost, you, you know what I mean? And and I just think, yeah, unless you, as horrible as it is, unless you put yourself out there and, and, and do what you want to do and what you need to do, nobody's going to do it for you. No, that's so true. When you're out there then, this is an interesting one. So you're riding on your own <clears throat> and a lot. <laughs> how do you, so say if you're in like a mountain bike, I'm not talking about like the countryside rides, but like when you've gone to like some woods, mm-hmm. like it may be, you know, it, whether it's free woods or somewhere where you pay to go. Uh, yeah. Do people come up to you and talk to you? Like, does that actually happen? Yeah, I think it happens because like you were saying about when you when you happen upon someone else and you are both waiting to drop into an next section of a trail and you're like, oh, no, no, you go, you'll be faster. Oh, no, you go, you'll be faster. Oh, you look better. And there is that whole conversation. And that's how it often starts. It's like people will um, start and talk to you. Sometimes it's, uh, I go around a lot in my van and obviously that's got like some company branding on it. So people will come and approach me and ask about also where is Slovakia? What is it you do? Uh, yeah, sometimes it's literally just because I wear orange and people are just so intrigued by it. So people will come up to me and just say, wow, where did you find all this like orange stuff that you've got on? Uh, and then the other one I find, I take my dog with me a lot and having a dog, He's like this big German shepherd and you either get people who are totally mortified of him because he's big uh, or people just like, he just melts people's heart yeah. by, you know, just being a boisterous little idiot that he is. Um, and that opens so many doors, like having your dog with you. Uh, it's just, for me, it's been a game changer in, in meeting people and giving, gives me the confidence. Yeah, I don't have to go up to someone and like yeah. ask a question because people are drawn to the dog. Yeah. It's like, a, so yeah, I find that helps. It's a, an excuse, isn't it? And I think it, it shows that even if you are on your own, like it pays off to be brave, to go and do what you love. And then don't be too afraid to just start a random conversation, even if it is Oh, have you done if you done that trail? I'm a bit scared of it. Even if you've done it a hundred times, they're not gonna know. It's just like having that, no. <laughs> that sort of conversation starter. And that's what I think is so good about like biking in particular, because there is always something to say. Even if you think you've got nothing to say, you could look at someone's bike and even if you didn't like their bike, it sounds a little bit contrived, but I don't think it is. You could just be like, Oh my god, like I love your pedals or just something random. Oh, where did you get that bag from? I've been thinking of that. Like there's, 
you know, if you're feeling a bit cringe and you haven't got that confidence or, or whatever, <laughs> you're just having one of those days where you're like, Meh. there's always something you can sort of say. And then I'd say nine times out of 10, that person will be like, and they'll start talking to you. And I, I hope this is the case. It certainly has been for me, but certainly when they're another girl as well, there's this element of, oh my God, there's there's another girl there and they're on their own. Like, <laughs> where are your friends? Are you okay? Do you want to ride with us? Let's be best friends. <laughs> Let's ride our bikes forever. Yeah, like, yeah. Literally, you just sort of want to latch on, don't you? Um, but it can be quite daunting for people, which I do appreciate. But yeah, it sounds like... Oh, definitely, definitely. Because like I travel a lot as well on my own, like, you know, across and I love road tripping. So, you know, there is my bike on the back of the van. There is me in the van, fortunately, my dog these days. So that makes me feel more secure. But yeah, I remember just um, going places on my own, never been there before, not knowing anyone, you know, sleeping in my van. And yeah, there is an element where I, you know, I should feel really scared and insecure. But I, but like you say, you kind of land in that place. You see those people, and it is like for me, it's weird, but it's almost oh, I'm home. I'm home. I can just chill here. These people are not gonna cause me any harm. I know it's been naive, and I should know better. They could, but the internal feeling I get, I feel so much more safer knowing that there are or the like-minded people around me. Yeah. And even, like, if nobody does talk to me, I still feel much more at peace than, let's say, if I just park up somewhere in some, you know, lay-by in Peak District and there is nobody around. Yeah. And, I mean, I still do it because I'm weird that way, but I don't have that same sense of, um, I don't know, just, like, belonging in a way. Yeah. I think what you said earlier as well about you turning up to, like, places on your bike and, like, you feel that sense of belonging because everyone... Mm. is sort of everyone's different but they're the same like you know that they're all there with because they love their bikes and they've spent time and money and effort to get to that place to buy their kit or whatever and like everyone can express themselves in a different way in terms of their bikes or their kit as well can't they like people have you know color preferences or or whatever it is and I think it's quite it's quite nice actually and I think that's really powerful that you feel that sense of belonging within that and even if you don't necessarily come away and you've you know spoke to hundreds of people or whatever you still feel like part of it even though you might Mm. not have spoken to many people or whatever you might have had some bits of chit chat but it, it doesn't necessarily you don't have to like come away all the time do you and having made like a riding friend or whatever just having that space where you can go and enjoy something and share that joy with someone at the top of the trail or during it and then you never see them again like you still feel good and I think there's so many amazing things with biking in particular like addressing people feeling lonely yeah and I think nowadays you can kind of like you're out there you bump into someone <laughs> I had a funny one <laughs> I was at a bike park and I got a puncture and literally 20 meters down below as I'm pushing my bike, there's a guy, identical bike to me, also got a puncture. So we just got chatting over a puncture. Next thing, we got our phones out, finding each other on Instagram, you know, just connecting. I've never seen him again, but we still chat through Instagram about random stuff like, oh, like where you've been today. 
And I probably never see that person ever physically. And then we got a lift from one of the bike park maintenance guys because he was he happened to be there in a pickup. So he loaded our bikes and basically gave us a lift down, which was great because it was super hot and a long way mm. down. Um, and yeah, and I just made a connection with someone like I may never, ever see ever again, but I kind of know where they've been, what they're getting yeah. up to. In terms of social media, obviously, I don't know the ins and outs of their life, but yeah, it's nice. It's nice to see that that p- person is still going out there, enjoying themselves. Yeah, I think that's an amazing thing about social media this day and age because there's so much negativity around it. But I just think, yeah, that that ability to just form these links and maybe next time I go, I can just drop a message and just say, oh, hi, I'll be there. Will you be there? If not, cool. But if yes, yeah. then, you know, shall we meet up? And I think that is great. That is just so, so good. It really is. Cause, to have that. Yeah, suddenly you can start building your network up, can't you? And I think it's really important to give you, to understand that you're going to have to have like patience with it because it doesn't happen overnight. But all these little things and all these little connections ultimately will grow and grow and grow. And then you'd, I just think you never know who you're going to meet and you don't know who they know. And you just don't know how your world will open up. But like you say, you've got to just put yourself out there, haven't you? You've got to go out on your bike. For anyone that's listening, they're like, oh, I just don't have anyone to ride with. And there's that feeling of like, ah, and they're introverted extroverts because I, I relate to that. Just go just go out. Go go somewhere like Langdegla is a good one because everyone sort of starts at the same place. Um, Canuck Chase near that bike centre. Like just go somewhere where it's a bit busy and just chat because you can bet your bottom dollar everyone else will has felt the same or has been in that position where they also didn't have anyone to ride with um and yeah just like get out there and form the connections because you're not going to you won't form them will you if you're just inside like letting your brain beat you um always makes me want to go out on my bike even though I'm like I'm quite warm in my house I'm like oh um oh so thank you for sharing all that Mishi you've like given some really good advice there as well with like how you've how you've used biking to help you so it sounds like we need to get a dog dress in orange and go on our bike (laughs) and then we'll make good friends (laughs) I don't know I don't know whether that it it seems to kind of work for me yeah so yeah (laughs) well we'll always know that you're coming won't we with your lumpa lumpa vibes um (laughs) yep making me think of my friend Maria she's got this like dirt suit thing like the all-in-one onesie and it's bright blue and she calls yeah, yeah, yeah. Murph. Um, yeah I'm waiting for an orange one and then I'll be on it you know like things you don't necessarily need but that I do need in my life an orange one of those yeah, yeah definitely need that in my life I was jealous <laughs> when Maria put it on the other day because yeah she was toasty and dry and it was like ones is out of future they're the best thing ever and <laughs> um, so to round everything off I'm starting to ask guests like a few random questions like in a little quick fire question round so um <laughs> okay what or who is your mountain bike crush uh I don't think I have a crush um I do have a bit of a hero just for the skill set, and that would have to be Danny McCaskill. Oh, yeah. 
because I just think that guy, I feel sorry for his mom because he must have been born attached to a bike. So that must have been a cha- hard childbirth <laughs> because, yeah, that, 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 there's no other way to explain the skill level he has. That, that does not come just from training hard. That, that is just, you are born with it. Yeah, he, he's amazing, isn't he? He's crazy, crazy yeah. stuff. Um, okay, where's your favorite place to ride? In the UK. In, in the UK, I would probably say Forest of Dean yeah. is my favourite. That's so good. Um, have you got a mountain bike tattoo or would you get one if you haven't got one? I don't have one, weirdly. I'm covered in animals, snowflakes, mountains. Yeah, no mountain bike one yet. I'm sure I'm sure that will happen. Okay, so so it could be on the cards. Yeah. Potential. Okay. Um, if you could wave a wand and get a skill, like, dialed overnight in regards to biking, what would it be? Honestly, I would just want to go faster with confidence. I don't know whether that's a skill, yeah. but that is something I would really like to be able to do, to go faster, not to squeeze those brakes to the inch of their life. <laughs> yeah, so when you look at a video, you actually look like you go fast, not pootling yeah. along. Yeah. Um. Do you wear pants under your padded shorts? As in knickers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you wear knickers and yeah, padded I, shorts? I, I, yeah, I love pants, oh, pants, knickers, whatever you want to call it. I, I love them. I have a selection of some amazing beauties. So, yeah, does it not, always, does always it not pants like on. rub and cause like no. layering issues? No, no, prob- no problem in that department, no. Okay. <laughs> We shall move on before you say something like Shawnee did. Joking, <laughs> <laughs> Shawnee, don't cringe, it's fine. Um, when someone does something good on their bike and you're watching, what is your like go to heckle? You know what? I think I don't have one. It's just the situation. There will be some kind of a scream of (laughs) appreciation. But yeah, I was trying to think about this because obviously I listened to your other podcast. And uh, yeah, I was like, I wish I had an answer like that. But no, it just depends. It is definitely some form of a squeal of happiness. But yeah it, it just depends yeah ooh, yeah i don't know just just depends on the situation but yeah i, I can be very vocal yeah yeah <laughs> that's good everyone likes a bit of encouragement don't they um <laughs> if you could give one tip to someone new in the sport what would it be i think just don't let things stop you for getting into it just do it just go out there and do it have a go have a go However crap you are, however great you are, just have a go. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, okay, and then the final thing is, if a squid would make a noise, could make a noise, what would that noise be to you? I think it would be like... <laughs> that's not a noise, that's an action. No one's going to be able to like see this. Oh... <laughs> um... No, no, will it sing? <laughs> I don't know. Everyone that's listening oh, no, that can't see, she just did this like plod forward with her head like a bit of a, like at like the way a squid might move. But yeah, you need to make a noise. 
And I'm also confused. Is squid the same as jellyfish? No, so because a jellyfish would be really cool and like yeah, I guess it's like you. Know, it's like an octopus, like a octopus slash jellyfish. So it's got eight yeah. legs, eight tentacles. Um, a bale. I have no idea what <laughs> what squid would do. What what noise would a jellyfish make then? <laughs> Uh, you know what? For me, jellyfish would be singing reggae because in the shark tale, there is the oh, yeah. jellyfishes, Ernie and Bernie. So, yeah, that, that's what it would be. I can't sing, so I'm not going to sing, but yeah. Okay. It would be a, a reggae um, type of a singing, dancing motion thing. Sorry, <laughs> that's really shit. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's not going to. I appreciate it's a bit of a weird question. <laughs> Um, but it does make me laugh people's um people's like answers to it it's hilarious okay well thank you so much Mishy, for talking to me today and giving me your time uh, it's been really interesting oh, hearing about yeah your your life um and how yeah you've used biking to help you but it sounds like your your heart's with boredom but you you can't board here can you because we don't have bloody snow so uh, it's really good that you found mountain biking to give you that release too and yeah definitely I'm really glad that you came to Northampton and I just swooped you in even if you had no intention of joining <laughs> I was just like you're here for this come on in yeah. oh that's hilarious forever grateful ah oh. well that's it you know you start you do that one thing and then you can start the connections and then it all snowballs. It's exciting, isn't it? But thanks again for your time. Really appreciate yeah, it. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. See you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this episode of Girls on Wheels. If you enjoyed it, please head over to podchaser.com and leave me a review. And don't forget to tell all your mates. If you've got any comments or want to get in touch, head over to my socials and drop me a message as I love hearing from you guys. I hope that by listening to this today, it's made you want to get out and ride your bike. <laughs>